When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to episode eight of the Hockey News on the Dev podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Carol Schramm, and as always with me is our WHL expert, Liz Child. We'll start off today's episode with headlines running down the latest player movement around the league. Then we'll name our three stars, take a look at the Buffalo Sabres as our NHL team of the week. Then with the camp rosters released for World Juniors, we'll take a look at which dub players are on track to make Team Canada and who's missing the cut. And that'll lead us into our Connor Bedard report as his Regina Pats have been making their way through BC and Alberta. What have you been up to this week, Liz? Uh, well, this week I got to enjoy Teddy Bear Toss with the San Jose Barracuda, which was really exciting. Um, it was the first toss that I've gotten to work rather than, you know, just be sitting in the audience as like media or as a fan and um, crazy experience. Uh, I actually got kind of body checked by Victor Soderstrom. <laughs> uh, which was really entertaining. I have a funny video I can I can show you later. It's not entirely fit for the public, but, but um, it was a lot of fun. And uh, working on a, a WHL story that uh, yeah, we'll we'll discuss I think later on. Um, but I'm I'm excited to kind of get back into that side of things and get writing again, uh, which I feel like I've been saying for two or three weeks now. Where I'm just like I want to write again, um, but we're getting there. So. I'm excited. Uh, what about you? Uh, it's been a big Canucks week for me. I've been at uh, three Canucks games over the last five nights, including the very late, very insane seven to six overtime win last on Monday night over the uh, uh, Montreal Canadiens. That's who it was. I remember now. Um, so uh, yeah, the Canucks are two points out of a playoff spot now and still showing signs of resilience with these comeback wins. So um, that's been a lot of fun. I also have a whole bunch of writing on my plate coming up this week. So uh, I will see you on the other side of the screen once we get done here and we get back to work. Um, so let's get to it. Let's dig into our headlines for this week to start ourselves off. Take it away with, uh, I guess, trade news from Seattle to start us out. Yeah, I feel like every week at this point, we're just going to start with trade news from Seattle, um, <laughs> at least until the 10th of January. Um, but yeah, so the Thunderbirds received two draft picks from the Everett Silvertips, which is a trade that I was not expecting them to make. Everett and Seattle don't tend to like each other, so moving moving players to uh, you know a pretty big opponent is is always interesting to see happen. Um, but they received two picks from Everett in exchange for uh, left-handed defenseman Nico Sakumis. Um, I on here I said it's not overly surprising that they moved him. Um, which with how many defensemen they're bringing in and hopefully getting Luke Crocott back soon, it's not really surprising. It's one of those moves that I'm like, I understand it's the weird part is that he went to Everett um, rather than, you know, a team maybe out of the division or just somewhere that they're not going to have to see him every five seconds again. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I think that it's a good thing that, you know, a good sign for Prokop coming back soon. Um, I also think that Everett is getting 
a defenseman who's going to be capable and he has a couple more years where I think he's going to start looking really good. Um, so this trade is one that I like. It's just a little weird to me <laughs> for sure. Got it. Um, and then kind of moving down the Winnipeg ice, I feel like you're just collecting players that I love personally. <laughs> Uh, they've already gotten Mason Bopit. They got Graham Sword earlier in the season, both from Spokane. And now they've picked up defenseman Wyatt Wilson from the Victoria Royals. Um, Wilson did suffer an injury earlier in the season. He He's month to month. Um, so it's one of those. they The return for the Royals was two conditional fourth-round picks in upcoming drafts. Um, hopefully he's coming back soon. Hopefully we get to see him again. But it's definitely one of those trades where I think Winnipeg is going, hey, we're stacking up for another big run. And after last year, I wasn't really sure how much more they could stack themselves, but it's been working out for them. And, and I'm excited to see, you know, just how Winnipeg carries through the the postseason at this point, because last year they had a good run. They looked great. And then it didn't work out for them. So hopefully this is the year um, that, you know, they, they get to celebrate a little bit more um, kind of, on that note, though, just the Victoria Royals, I'm just going to be talking about it for, I think, the rest of the, the year is uh, Tyler Palmer, uh, because they did also make a trade um, last week. The, the Royals made a trade last week, moved some guys to Brandon. Um, all these players keep moving around, and yet Tyler Palmer is still there. So I can't tell if they're committing to a rebuild, if they're just kind of moving players around, what's going on out there in Victoria. But um, it's been a while since he's been with the team, so... It's going to be interesting to see because they did just acquire uh, Cristiano from the uh, Kelowna Rockets, and he's been playing pretty well. Um, it's still the Victoria Royals, so it's still been a little bit of a difficult uh, season for them. But um, at this point, why not trade a, a goaltender and get some some prospects and aspect and assets back um, at this point? So um, that's one story I'm going to be watching pretty closely uh, for the upcoming weeks um but on another note the oil kings acquired the rights to 2007 born forward conrad fondert i really hope i'm saying that right uh from the Kamloops blazers um in exchange for a couple of picks um you know per puck preps uh Fondrick was a u.s bantam draft player so uh, it's nice to see that you know they're hopeful that he's actually going to sign it seems like um the oil kings have already signed blake Fiddler, who was the first overall pick in the U.S. Bantam draft, um, and Fondrick was the fourth overall in that same U.S. Bantam draft. Um, it, it's looking good. I always, as someone from the U.S., I always get really excited when I see players from the U.S. sign and Bantam players who are willing to say, you know what, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of other options for me, but coming to play in the dub is is something I want to do um, because I know out here a lot of it is pushed. Oh no, you need to save your NCAA eligibility. You need to wait, go do that. So being able to see some players from uh, the States <laughs> for me personally, is always really fun. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, and then just kind of moving on <laughs> just because <laughs> there's, there's quite a bit with the uh, rosters coming out. I just want to talk about how Jagger Furkus, Deden Matejchuk, and Matthew Savoy were all left off of the Hockey Canada World Juniors preliminary roster, um, which you did make a note that they are all younger. They're not 19 yet. Um, and yes, World Juniors is usually a younger, but just the fact that they didn't even get an invite is just 
kind of odd to me, especially personally for Denton Machachuk, because I feel like he's one of those players that you kind of want to see what he can do at this age against some of the older players. And I feel like he definitely can hold his own against the guys that they did invite. Um, but they have a couple more years still. Yeah. And we're back in a situation now with team Canada where they're on a more standard cycle. Um, in the summer, they had a little more room in their roster because there were players that were electing that were eligible and were electing not to play because they were preparing for their NHL teams, guys like Owen Power and, and that kind of thing. Actually, I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, but there, there were a few of those guys that, um, that, that chose not to do the world junior route, which opened up room for some of the, some of the younger guys or some of the kind of less acclaimed guys. So I think you and Jagger and Denton and Matthew are all just going to have to wait your turn. <laughs> and, you know, with, with, um, with Canada, it's, it's almost an, always an exclusively 19 year old tournament. I think there's maybe five or six invites, maybe a couple more that are, uh, that are 18 that are 2022 um draft picks and and then of course we've got bedard taking up a spot as well um i think they're looking at only maybe about five cuts to get down to the actual roster because it's only a three-day camp um so it's not going to be a huge cut unless um some of the nhl players do end up joining they haven't added anybody like shane wright or dylan gunther or um brent clark to the roster yet because they're still with their NHL clubs, but those are guys who could end up being parachuted in after the camp this weekend when they get closer to, uh, to tournament time at, at, at Christmas. So we'll see how it goes. I thought you would be happy that the Seattle Thunderbirds are so extraordinarily well represented on the Canada roster. I am ecstatic about that. I also hate that. So on one hand, um, as a former not fan <laughs> of the Seattle Thunderbirds. It's always fun to me when they're missing a bunch of guys around this time, um, just because it gives other teams a little bit of a chance to catch up a little bit more. Um, and also, I just, I feel like last season, again, if anyone follows me on social media, I feel like everyone saw I was very hot on Kevin Korczynski this, Kevin Korczynski that. I desperately wanted him to come out here to San Jose and be that first pick for us. Um, I think the Sharks also wanted him to be their first pick, but that's another story for another time. Um, yes. But I, I am extremely excited. Uh, the other player is uh, Thomas Millage. Uh, finally getting that call. <laughs> I'm so happy. Um, you know, he didn't he didn't get the call over the summer. Um, he had Mason Bopit there with Ben Gaudreau and uh, a couple of the other guys. And I think Millage is probably that goaltender that, stood out last season during playoffs and everyone was very like, Oh, Thomas Millage, Thomas Millage. And hadn't really considered that he'd been doing that the whole season. It just wasn't, you know, in the spotlight. Um, and then he comes back this season and is basically playing exactly the same as he was last year. Um, just copy paste, bring it over to this season. And I'm really excited to see him. I might be more excited to see him uh, make this camp than I am for Korchinski just because, I feel like Korchinski was a no-brainer. Um, Nolan Allen as well. We haven't had him in Seattle for as long, so I haven't grown that connection uh, with him personally yet. But, you know, Seattle's got that roster, and then having Reed Schaefer also out there, it's going to be a good time, um, and I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. 
Um, yeah, in last week's pod, we didn't quite get around to dissecting the uh, the D prospects for Team Canada. So now that we have the camp list, um, as you mentioned, Korczynski and Allen are two of the defenders from the dub that we'll be representing. And um, the other three from the WHL that made it to camp, uh, Carson Lambos and Olin Zellweger, obviously were both big parts of the gold medal team in the summer. And I was happy to see Ethan Sampson from Prince George get the invite as well. He's a 19-year-old who hasn't been really in the mix before, but he had a tremendous season with Prince George last year after being drafted in the sixth round by the Flyers in 2021. And I don't think he's been quite as spectacular this year, but uh, the Cougars as a whole have kind of raised their boat, if you will. Oh, absolutely. And uh, and he's been a part of that. So I feel like he might be on the bubble, but for him, you know, it's an honor just to be invited. I I think he has a chance, though. I think if he shows up, has a good camp, um, because, again, Prince George has kind of been – they've been on the rise. They've been looking better and better. But I think maybe you get him with a group of his peers on that same level. And we could be in for a surprise. It, it might not be. It could just be one of those, you know what, he made he made camp. Good for him. Get that confidence going. But you never know what could happen. He could surprise some people, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I am as well. Um, now to close off headlines for today, uh, the Teddy Bear Toss in Calgary. Yes. Um, I just love this. Uh, these numbers are insane. Uh, you know, we always have really exciting uh, teddy bear toss numbers from every team in the league. Honestly, anytime that there is a teddy bear toss, it doesn't matter how many bears are donated. But I was personally looking at it and <laughs> Calgary's teddy bear toss had 20,294 bears. Um, and I am absolutely blown away by that number. That is insane. Uh, out here in San Jose, in the AHL, we had uh, 3,879. And for us, it's great. It's phenomenal. We have a very small arena. Like, I think Calgary, obviously, they play at the Saddle Dome. They had plenty more fans than us. But 20,000, you, you have to consider the Hershey Bears have, a, have the record with, like, 45,000-something. So for a WHL team to hit 20,000 is... Yeah, mind blowing well, to me. And even the capacity of the Saddle Dome, I think, is in the 17s. So if it was sold out, and I'm not sure if it was, that's still like more than one teddy bear per person. Like the number yes. of humans who showed up with multiple bears, and the the staffers like you that got to count and get that number <laughs> out into social media. How long do you think that would have taken? <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine. See, I was lucky. I didn't have to be part of the counting. <laughs> <laughs> because I had to go back and post about the game and do all of that. So I just got to be told the number. But I know, like, just for our our under 4,000, it took a while. So trying to get 20,000, um, especially if they maybe weren't expecting quite that many, is insane. Um, I do also want to bring up one more thing is the uh, Spokane Chiefs teddy bear toss, uh, which had a little bit of a funny story, a little bit of, like, a frustrating story. But um, there was actually – no goal scored when their toss happened. Um, so they were <laughs> shut out in that game, but the teddy bears were tossed in the second period uh, after Chase Berthelet took a shot, uh, but the lights didn't go out. No goal was indicated and the bears just started flying. And it's just going to be one of those stories where in five years, someone's going to sit there and be like, Hey, you remember when this happened? <laughs> and so basically like one person threw out their bear and the dam burst, even though it just wasn't started coming. And there was just, 
no stopping it. <laughs> I was thinking you were going to say it was like a coach's challenge or something. Like what kind of Scrooge would call back a goal on a teddy bear toss moment? <laughs> no, but I am going to call out, uh, out here in San Jose, there is a little bit of controversy about our teddy bear toss goal possibly being a high stick. Um, I'm not going to comment on that because I have some thoughts and knowledge. But uh, yeah, so there was a moment when... Uh, some happy people out so we'll see. <laughs> nevertheless um, the, the, the bears are tossed the kids will be happy and the holidays yes. will progress as it's one of those at that point who cares <laughs> it's a teddy bear toss yeah all um, right um let's move on uh we've, we're already getting short on time so we've got to <laughs> chop chop through our actual features um we'll uh, do the three stars of the week next uh so our third star comes from the Kelowna rockets this week Yes. Uh, so our, our third star is Jari Kikinen. Um Jari Kikinen, I am saying names wrong this week, apparently. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite goaltenders to talk to. He's just really fun. Um, I feel like I've said that multiple times where it's just one of those. You can sit and have a chat with him. Um, but last week he uh, started two of the three games over the weekend, uh, which is kind of interesting to me considering, you know, up until this point he's kind of been – um, that backup goaltender while Talon Boyko has been back, um, but Boyko only played the middle game of the three and three. Um, so that's really promising uh, for kicks. Uh, he, this, the second game of the three of his part of the three and three uh, was in Everett, which as everyone knows, high powered team, very big on offense. They got 46 shots off um, and kicks made 44 saves and had a fantastic night and winning in front of, that crowd in Everett and just in Angel of the Winds Arena is always pretty big and kind of tough to do. Um, and with that many shots, it wasn't like he had an easy night. It's not like everyone stepped up and he only saw 20 shots and it wasn't a big deal. Um, they got a 5-2 win in Everett, so it was a full team effort. But I always have to have a goaltender and we're always going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> and. You know, he, he has discussed um, that, you know, one of the things that he wants to work on is building his confidence. And I think this weekend kind of added to that, you know, it's going to take another step. We're going to build that confidence up for sure. Um, and I'm very excited. He was invited to Florida Panthers camp over the summer. Um, and I feel like maybe that's going to have help have a couple more people be like, hmm, hmm, let's take a look out here. Let's see what's going on with Kelowna. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, second star, we uh, drop into my hometown of Vancouver and uh, one of Canada's Olympic gold medalists from the, or not, World Juniors gold medalists, my apologies. <laughs> was getting ahead of myself. Um, World Juniors gold medalist and the captain of your Vancouver Giants uh, gets second star honors from Liz this week. Yeah, apparently I liked the BC division this week. Um, but yeah, Zach of Stopchuk, uh had a phenomenal week, uh, seven points in four games last week, um, had five assists in the final two games of that, that set of four, um, looked fantastic. I feel like every night you just kind of know what to expect from him. You know, he's going to show up, you know, he's going to perform. Um, he does what he needs to, and just kind of shows up and says, all right, we got the job done. When's the next game. <laughs> and, um, I'm looking forward to seeing him you know what, maybe in a couple of years, he will be an Olympic champion. Maybe you're just like looking into the future here and we'll look back on this and be like, hey, remember when Carol said? <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be a 
Yeah, if I can help him conjure up a gold medal in his future, then uh, I'm more than happy to do that. Uh, and keeping the good vibes going for our first star of the week, we actually have first stars of the week out of Brandon, Manitoba. Yes, so this is uh, one of those stories that um, hit the internet this week, and I feel like everyone just kind of needed this this story. Um, but the Brandon Wee Kings, for their players, um, were, you know, recognized as stopping they stopped to help a, a distressed man on the side of the road um you know just on their way home from another volunteer activity and this man was um you know considering taking some i don't want to go into like details just because you know there are some people that this will affect um but this man was considering doing some taking an action that you know would have uh been very dark um and these four players um looked at him said hey we need to go say something and it, make sure he's okay um and you know s- saved his life um and so jake chase chase on i probably yeah. should have looked this up because i can't say anything today uh, <laughs> jake chase on calder anderson nolan ritchie and ben thornton um, are the our first stars of the week this week. If you want to read the story, it is on the WHL website. It's also on the Brandon Sun, uh, which it, you should check out as well because uh, plenty of fantastic WHL coverage from them as well. Um, but without going into the entire story, we just wanted to bring that up and say, you know, just the compassion that these players have shown, especially with so much negativity, I think, coming out of juniors right now and, um, everything going on, this is something that we definitely needed to bring up. In, I, I'm just excited that this is um, a platform where we can do that. Absolutely. And uh, like you said, uh, well-deserved recognition for the players and good on them for having the presence of mind to notice what was going on and understand what they could do to make a difference. So that's, uh, you know, very commendable and something that um, sets a wonderful example for, for all of us. You don't have to be a teenager to appreciate um, what they were able to step in and do. So that's our first star of the week. Jake Chason, Calder Anderson, Nolan Ritchie, and Ben Thornton from the week. Thanks. Now this week, our NHL team of the week as we continue in the Atlantic division. Um, with the Buffalo Sabres, I was feeling like we were ha- I was having flashbacks a little bit as I was looking through these uh, players, and I realized it's because I went on about Buffalo at great length when the Sabres were in town playing the Canucks uh, back in one of the early issues of our podcast. So uh, we don't have to spend too much time on this, but uh, we do have two um, 2022 draft picks uh, in the Buffalo system now, so you can tell us about that. Yeah, well, I don't feel like we have to say too much more about Matthew Savoy. Uh, I feel like on this podcast, we talk about him almost weekly at this point. (laughs) Um, He's outstanding. He has 29 points in 23 games this season. Uh, He's been fantastic. 12 goals, 17 assists. He's basically been exactly the player that we've been expecting. um, And we kind of just knew he was going to be this season. Uh, And, you know, there's not a whole lot else you can say about him at this point other than he's doing exactly what we're hoping for. Um, uh, and then you had Matt Slimgren as well. Yes. Um, so I have to, because I, I feel like at this point, I'm just obligated to mention the Kamloops Blazers at any opportunity. Uh, former Kamloops Blazer, current Red Deer Rebel, uh, Matt Slimgren, 
nine points in 22 games so far. Uh, maybe not doing quite as well as everyone was hoping to see from him this season, but he's also still holding him his, his own on the on the blue line. Um, when he's on, he's on. It's really fun to watch, uh, but sometimes he just kind of shows up, in my opinion. Um, he's a great skater. He just doesn't always skate. It's just one of those moments when sometimes you're like, I know you can do more than this. I know you're stronger than this in this game. Um, but, you know, he's been doing what he needs to do overall. Um, I feel like he's been maybe a little bit forgettable, but he, he's been he's been doing his job. Good enough. And then uh, on the Sabres right now, of course, they have two prominent 2019 first rounders in uh, Dylan Cousins and Peyton Krebs. And Cousins had a real good week last week. And uh, also for uh, Liz's goalie watch, we've got Eric Comrie from Tri-City. And uh, you added another goalie and a couple of other uh, uh, players from the dub that are Buffalo affiliated as well. Yeah, so the uh, buff- my favorite joke from earlier this season is that the Buffalo Sabres uh, AHL affiliate is the Rochester Americans, and I made a joke of uh, Rochester Americans goalies? No, Tri-City Americans goalies, because they also have, <laughs> to go along with uh, Eric Comrie, who is a former Tri-City Americans goalie, they also have Beck Warm in their system in the AHL and ECHL, and they had invited Tomasz Sukanek to camp, so they really said, give me all of your goalies, Tri-City, uh, which is really fun to watch. But then they also, from the Portland Winter Hawks, have Henry Yokoharyu and Tyson Kozak. So, uh, And I always miss Yokoharyu when I look down the list because I tend to go by birth province. And uh, Finland does not jump out at me in the same way that uh, Yukon Territory does. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's my bad. I have learned. Um, now, Connor Bedard. Let's get on to Connor Bedard. First off... Uh, there, he's been in the news big time this week, but uh, tell us what he's been up to on the ice before we dig into the uh, potential controversies. Yeah, well, I mean, he's up to 64 points in 28 games. And I I feel like week after week now, I'm just sitting here being like, all right, you know what, you're hitting that benchmark. Let's go for next week. I want to hear him say that he has, well, he's going to be at World Juniors Camp, so it's not going to matter. <laughs> <laughs> That kind of that kind of ruins that uh, aspect of it. Um, but 27 goals, 37 assists. He's averaging 2.29 points per game. It's just silly at this point. Um, he had five goals and five assists in three games last week. And it, like, it's just one of those. It's unfair to everyone else anytime he comes up, um, except for maybe for Tanner Howe because. I feel like he's probably the player benefiting most from all of the Connor Bedard attention and play. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's on a 27 game point streak again. They've only played 28 games this season. So he's scored in every game except for the opener. Um, he has three five point games this season, which, again, in my opinion, maybe feels a little bit low, uh, if anything. <laughs> like, um, I was looking through, I was like, oh, okay, how many does he have? And it's only three. And I went, okay, sure. Um, but yeah, I just, it's Connor Bedard. Yeah. He's certainly, uh, the, the, the long road trip has not slowed him down any, and he certainly has, uh, earned every bit of attention that he's gotten as he's rolled through, uh, his home province of British Columbia and through, uh, and through Alberta selling a lot of tickets along the way. And I think that's the big reason why, um, he got 20 minutes on the 32 thoughts podcast this week from Elliot Friedman and Jeff, Jeff Merritt from Sportsnet musing on 
his future and whether or not it would make sense for him to be traded before the January 10th deadline. Um, Regina's coach and GM, John Paddock, has been vehemently opposed to any such suggestions and uh, seems particularly testy about the idea that uh, Kamloops might want to get their claws into him as they're hosting the Memorial Cup this year. And it would be um, a wonderful coup for them to have him and a coup for the Mem Cup to have a player like Bedard um, in the mix. And that was sort of what Friedman and Merrick were arguing was that it's good for the CHL and it's good for the WHL to have marquee players in marquee uh, events and that was something that like Connor McDavid didn't get to do when he was playing with Erie when he stayed with Erie the whole time and he never really got a chance to show himself and the league never really got a chance to profit for quite frankly from from what McDavid could have done um that being said again uh Paddock wants nothing to do with this trade talk um and as a 17 year old as Paddock pointed out um Bedard can't be traded unless he comes to the team and says that he's requesting a deal. Um, no one is really allowed to come to him because he's 17 years old and, you know, we're trying to let kids be kids in the midst of all this. <laughs> so, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Like you say, you know, oh, it's only a couple more days before he'll be at Team Canada camp. I imagine the conversation around this is going to get a lot louder as the spotlight of World Juniors gets brighter and brighter and brighter over the next three, four weeks. And then it's just a matter of a few days from the gold medal game to the January 10th WHL trade deadline. So it's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. Um, I can see the why people are enticed by the idea, but I can also totally understand why when you get a player like, like Bedard that only comes around you know, to your team every few decades as, as Regina's owners and managers, you want to make sure you hang on to that guy. So, um, you know, and yeah. like you said, even, you know, the development of, of seeing how Tanner Howe is coming along as, as his line mate, there are still tangible benefits to Regina in keeping Bedard in the mix if they, uh, if they want to do that this year. It's one of those things where I feel like um, for, for, all of last season, I basically had a do not talk to me about Connor Bedard because I will get so tired of hearing his name. At this point, I'm like, stop talking about Connor Bedard trades because either it's going to happen or it won't. Um, at this point, I'm leaning on it won't. Uh, I feel like it's possible that maybe he's sitting there being like, you know what? I don't really need a Memorial Cup, which I feel like is a silly thing to think about. But I feel like he's like, I've got enough going on. Um, it's fine. Like, I like where I am. I like who I'm playing with. It's not a big deal. Um, on top of that, I think you're right. I think maybe the team is just going, we need him for, you know, de helping develop other players, but also for our own <laughs> continued success this year, just uh, profiting off of having him around for the time being. Um, it's also the price for him would be insane. So <laughs> that's the reason why I kind of would like to see it is just to see what that insane <laughs> price would be. Um and, and then as well, you know, if you're Regina, you're going to make the playoffs. So there's still the whole, you know, we've got like the greatest player in the game. So if we can get into the playoffs, anything can happen philosophy as well. Like maybe the Pats can surprise and go on a big playoff run and, you know, make the Memorial Cup themselves. Like that's, you know, it's, it's still an option. I mean, hey, if they need a goaltender, I mean, I hear Tyler Palmer might be available. <laughs> 
and that very nicely puts a bow on our uh, conversation for this week, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, full circle. Thank you again, as always, for uh, hanging out and uh, sharing uh, sharing your time with us. We always have so much fun doing this, and uh, hope you keep coming back and tuning in every week. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure doing it. Uh, thanks to uh, producer Connor. Make sure you tune in to all the other. Uh, Hockey News Prospects podcast and the main podcast all on uh, on the one channel and uh, have a great week and we'll see you next time.